<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I don't Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Don't Get It podcast. Today, we're talking about something that like a lot of people don't get, postpartum and how to get your groove back post-baby. And we are joined today by one of my favorite OBGYNs, Dr. Mary Christina Simpson. She runs the Seamus Med Spa now in South Kingston, Wakefield, Rhode Island. South Kingston! And she truly got my my body back postpartum uh, with the use of M-Sculpt. Holy moly. Can I tell you something funny? Um, so apparently there's a, a thread message on Instagram that goes on between my sister-in-law, one of my really good friends, and then like their friends from like all of their like childhood, high school, like high school, college. And I posted something like about my bathing suit. I was like, click here. Um, you can use my code to get the a discount off my bathing suit. And then in this message that they screenshot to me, they go, okay, but where's the M sculpt discount? Oh. <laughs> because my stomach looks so good. I know it's Sam. kind of annoying that Ashley's body looks better than mine. Oh, oh, uh-huh, Lauren, yeah. uh huh. Sam. Anyway, Sam. okay. So, but like, how qualified are you for this podcast? And I'm like, not even letting you say hello because I'm just blabbling. <laughs> but like, you now run a med spa, own a med spa, um, and you also were delivering babies for years and years. So, Dr. Simpson. Welcome to the show, and please give everybody a little bit of your background. Thank you, ladies. So I've been practicing medicine for over 18 years now, really focusing in Rhode Island. I did training outside of Rhode Island, but came back and did my residency at Brown and then really kind of stayed here, developed a community in South County, which is where we are now, where the med spa is. And then about five years ago, I decided I have four kiddos and I said, I need to spend a lot more time with them. So I said, let's really kind of just reprioritize. COVID happened. I was working nights doing OB and days during the spa. And I said, listen, I just need to kind of just refocus, recalibrate. And so I decided to just do the med spa full, full stop. So I've been doing that for now the last five years. And I really, really love it because I get to work with women that I, that I used to see in the community, in the OBGYN community and friends and women that have kind of gone past the baby stage or are intimately involved in the either before baby, during baby, or after baby stage. So we have treatments that kind of cover all of those stages, but really, truly after people deliver, they really come to us say, you know, oh my goodness, I don't feel like myself. I really need to get myself back. And so we offer, you know, a bunch of things that can help them get their, you know, get their mojo back after delivering. 
So I did M-Sculpt Neo, which I was obsessed with. It was uh, six 30-minute treatments of like, I don't even know what you, it's like a radio frequency. What is it? Yes. So it's radio frequency and basically high intensity energy where a magnet helps the muscles contract. Yeah. So the radio frequency helps burn the fat and the magnet helps stimulate the muscles. So it does kind of rhythmic contractions over a 30 minute span, different kind of frequencies to help those, the abdominal muscles contract. So I have to say, Ashley is kind of the prime candidate because she already is in such good shape starting. So it's not your typical postpartum body that you Mm. see. She was already fabulous, but had like a little bit of extra, you know, tightening that she wanted to achieve and a little bit of fat loss and getting her abdominal strengthened again, because after you've been pregnant for, you know, the 10 month period, your abdominal wall stretches a whole lot. So the abdominal muscles separate um, and you just don't have that true core strength. So this is kind of a nice combination of increasing that core strength and losing the little bit of fat on top. Can you repeat what the exact name of the procedure is again? Sure. It's M-Sculpt Neo. And that treatment is by BTL Aesthetics. And that actually does combine um, fat and muscle at the same time, depending on the frequency. The original M-Sculpt just did muscle stimulation. And not only for the abdominals, but for, you can do it on the butt, you can do it on the arms, um, you can do it on the thighs, you can do it on other parts of the body um, to help stimulate the muscle contractions in those areas as well. So, okay, so M-Sculpt Neo... Just mm-hmm. muscle contraptions. I'm sorry, M Sculpt, just muscle contraptions. M Sculpt Neo burns fat as well. Correct. What About is 30? Yeah. Is this similar to OL therapy, which I just recently Ol heard therapy, of? Yeah. UL so, therapy. So, OL therapy is an ultrasound device. So, a little bit different. So, ultrasound energy versus radio frequency is just two different wavelengths. So, ultrasound basically heats the, um, the, dermal skin and the muscle layer underneath, and it actually kind of burns fat. We use all therapy in different areas like the neck, um, you know, in the face, but again, a lot more intense, a lot more time consuming, and actually a lot more uncomfortable than the M-Sculpt Neo. The M-Sculpt is a broader based treatment where it actually does a larger muscle device where it does it like a larger magnet on the abdomen, you know, smaller devices for the arms, the biceps, triceps, and the inner um, and outer thighs. No, not- M-Sculpt Neo for your face. <laughs> how, how fast do you see the results? So it really takes at least six to 12 weeks after the procedure to see your final results. But, you know, we always encourage women as they're, you know, losing weight postpartum and just in general to exercise at the same time, to really have a healthy diet. So you're combining all of these things because this is not just a a routine to just do alone and you have to do it with a combination of healthy diet, exercise, hydration, all of those things. So I was in your office about like, I guess eight weeks ago. And I thought, you know, at the end of those six treatments that are spread out about like six days apart, I was like, oh, okay, well, this is it. Well, I look great. I think that it's definitely improved me. So thank you. Thank you. This is awesome. And then you're like, you still like wait eight weeks and then you're going to be amazed. And I'm at like that eight week point and holy moly, I am truly amazed. I look like I did before. My stomach looks the way I did before. And that's, it's so important to give yourself that little bit of time and to really allow your body to work. You also have to continue to exercise. 
exercise though. You know, we tell everybody it's not just the treatment and then stop and eat like crap and do all that. You really have to continue to do exercises. But one cycle of the M Neo on your abdomen is equivalent to 20,000 sit-ups. And not many people with or without children have time to do 20,000 sit-ups. <laughs> So, wait, so you know, wait, are yeah. you like, where can I come? <laughs> you can yeah. find some place in LA. Wait, yes. I need to find some. Okay. Cause I recently was reading a, about full therapy and I was thinking about doing it on my face and neck and that you don't see results until three months later. So it sounds like this frequency wavelength, I know you said they're different, but it sounds like they sort of take the same amount of time to really see effects like on your body and skin. Is this something that you do once a year? So M-Sculpt, we, you know, we usually encourage people, you can do it as often as once a month, but we encourage people to do it every four to six months. Again, because you don't want to wait that long, very different than the face. So with L-Therapy, you know, you're really getting down and you're destroying layers of, um, you're trying to stimulate collagen. So a little bit different than what you're trying to do with the abdomen. Got it. With the abdomen, you're stimulating the muscle. With the face and all therapy, you're really trying to tighten the skin, create heat energy, so thermal energy to create tissue damage to stimulate collagen. With all therapy, you really want to do that maybe once a year, okay? okay? If you need that, you know. But again, different devices, different energy, different kinds of techniques. So any device that is going to take a series, you want to give it a good eight to 12 weeks to even begin to see what the results are going to look like. So you have to be patient with these things. Right. Naz, it's funny that you bring up alt therapy though, because when I saw Dr. Simpson at Audrey's, because it's in the same, they're her seamless med spa is in the same um, shopping center as Audrey's. Wow, I go, so you can get a Titanic themed coffee drink and get abs in the same fucking shopping center. <laughs> I know, and I love how she calls it shopping center. It's like, <laughs> what would you call it? That's I, such I a like Florida term for me. Shopping arena. I don't know. Something a little like sexier okay. than shopping. Something no, sexy. See, I'm from Florida. I'm like the strip mall. Yeah, it's not a strip it's mall. Like it's strip definitely mall. not a strip mall. It's a, no. it's a village. No. Yeah, um, a village. Yeah. A village. Well, uh, Mary's yeah. like, please come. It's so nice, luxurious. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> not a strip mall. I saw her at Audrey's, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need old therapy on my stomach. And she's like, no, no, you don't need old therapy. It's like you need Sculpt Neo. There are a few times in a person's life in which they experience more change than they do going through pregnancy and postpartum. Like, wow, you are going through it. So if it's that time in your life or any other that you feel like you need professional help, check out BetterHelp. We love BetterHelp. Just like think about if you had to take care of your car and you had to keep the same one for your entire life you would just you would worship that car you would be making sure it had checkups all the time the one a one little thing that goes awry you'd be like tending to it immediately but that's how our brains are early we're stuck with the same one our entire life so if there seems like there's something off you should tend to it right away whether you're pregnant um or just had a baby or you're not at all and you're like me and you just kind of want someone like a third party opinion on some personal matters better help is always there for you and i recommend this to literally everyone i talk to you have video calls you have texting you have journaling um it's much more affordable than 
in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Just to clarify, it is online therapy. If you guys are new to our podcast, online therapy, talk about it so many times. BetterHelp is online therapy and they do video phone, even live chat sessions. So you don't even have to see anybody on camera if you don't want to. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Um, and what is cool is that you can like shop around for a therapist that match that matches you. Do you know what I mean? Like if you get matched with somebody and don't drive with them very easily, you can change out to a different therapist. Yeah. It's, it's like dating. So our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash get it. That's betterhelp.com slash get it. Anyway, enough wow. about that. I do want to talk about before we move on from this awesome device. I do like this is not sponsored by Emscrow. I just have an extreme passion for it, and obviously, so Dr. Simpson. Um, one thing that I noticed that was so awesome and yet off-brand, kind of the way like Botox, like they put it in places that are off-brand, you know, like in your jaw and shit. Um, I love the fact that I believe that the Emscrow Neo helped my all those muscles down there because my yep. incontinence issues legitimately 50% improved with just one session. It's crazy. So, you know, that's a completely different subject, but after the you know, postpartum, a lot of women have incontinence issues where their pelvic floor muscles are really weak. And, you know, I saw you posting about pelvic floor therapy and I'm a hundred percent believer in strengthening your pelvic floor, especially after pregnancy, especially after a vaginal delivery you know, you really, really have to tighten those muscles back up, just like your core after it's stretched. You have to kind of rework those muscles. So Kegels, again, do great things for you, but you can only do so much. So that same company ironically makes a device called Mcella, which you actually sit on the seat and it actually stimulates just the pelvic Whoa. floor. Wait a second, you sit on a seat, you don't want to put anything up your vagina? Nothing. So again, it's you sit there and it actually for men and women stimulates a pelvic floor muscle. So men and women both can have incontinence and think actually of a male that. having a pelvic floor. Right. Well, well, I <laughs> no, do. I again, as a guy, I don't. I don't. But yes, they do have. They do have. What do they use their pelvis for? <laughs> yeah. What is a man's pelvic for? So the, the pelvic floor is the same kind of muscles that hold in the same, you know, parts that we have, except we have somewhat different parts, uterus, ovaries, bladder, men have bladder, they have prostates, they have all of the same pelvic floor, or they have similar pelvic floor organs. And so they need that muscular support, you know, to remain continent, different issues along different podcast topics, <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, for women, the reason actually why you kind of saw a result is because the muscle stimulation goes deeper than just the transverse abdominis, which is the six pack muscle group that you see, you know? And so when you see, you know, the abdominal wall, there's side muscles that come down the side, there's muscles that come down the middle and, you know, there's a whole bunch of abdominal muscles that actually get stimulated um, when, you know, when you do these kind of devices. And so I just kind of misspoke the rectus abdominis is the muscle group that's in the front. That's the six pack muscle. The transverse comes on the side, but they all connect with the pelvic floor muscle. So the whole combination of tightening will help you have less incontinence overall. Okay. I've got to, I got to tell you this story. And I did briefly talk about it on my Instagram story yesterday. If you did see that, which it sounds like you did. When I had Dawson, I had this moment the day after having him where I stood up from being in bed in the hospital bed for like 12 hours, I guess it was overnight. 
And the nurses were like, do you want to pee in the middle of the night? I was like, no, I'm good. Please don't like get me up. Right. Um, I stand up and all of a sudden I think I'm hemorrhaging. Like a whole bunch of waterfall is coming out of my, what I thought blood just all through my vagina. Um, but no, look down to the floor and it's a puddle of water is urine. And same thing happened a couple of days later. I had no sensation, no urge to pee. It was like, I had no feeling down there in my bladder just released. So mm-hmm. is this, com- I mean, my doctor was like, it's common. It's not like, um, oh, like lots of women do experience this, but it's definitely not weird. So can it, you talk it, about it this? It is absolutely. So postpartum, you know, I like to say that you're basically leaking from every orifice. You're crying, your breasts are leaking, your vagina's leaking, your bladder's leaking. Like there's just fluids coming out, which is why we always encourage you to hydrate postpartum because fluids are just coming out of everywhere. Wow. You know? and, and, and why why is that? Just because your body was sort of in shock just from giving birth and it's just like losing well, everywhere? Well, no, it's an emotion. So a couple of things. So there's a lot of emotional things related to, you know, the letdown of hormones, you know, different hormones are causing lactation, different hormones are causing your estrogen to change, which is why you're overly emotional. You know, you're bleeding, you know, because your uterus has released. So there's just a lot of things. Also women that have anesthesia or that have some nerve compression sometimes do have some numbness on their bladder. And mm-hmm. so don't have- That's what my doctor was thinking it could have been. Because I was really numb. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, this is why nurses encourage you to get up, even though you feel, quote unquote, like you don't have to pee. It's because you really do need to. We know that we've pumped you full of IV fluids. You know, you drink a lot. And because you don't have the sensation, you know, especially after a C-section, this is why we keep a catheter in sometimes for a little while, because you really are numb and you don't have that. We don't want your bladder to overfill because like any cup that overfills, it's going to spill out. And so when gravity, when you stand up, it's, it, it don't have the control and you just spill out and it happens all over the floor. So those postpartum, I posted something funny on my story today, but like, um, Courtney Kardashian's dress looked like she was wearing like a big mm. defense and like, yeah. you know, postpartum underwear is some women's favorite, you know, because you throw it away, you, just, <laughs> you yeah. know, you use it. And again, these are kind of, you know, grosser things that nobody talks about, but it really is important to understand that it is not as glamorous as you see on Instagram. Like people don't look fabulous directly after delivering most of the time. And this is why the sheets come up to mid abdomen, because there's a lot of stuff underneath that the labor nurses reserve just for themselves. Exactly. I was all about that sheet. My sister-in-law didn't have the sheet. And I was like, excuse me, what? I don't want to see anything that's going on down there. Yeah. I mean, for like mental purposes, I wouldn't because I'd, I'd like faint up there, even though the adrenaline rush, you know, <laughs> probably won't allow it. But, um, but no, it's very, it is very common. Like I said, for the first couple of days to even the first couple of weeks for women to have episodes of incontinence, especially with like coughing, laughing, walking, yeah. sneezing, like we call those stress incontinence. So when you actually stress your bladder out, you know, and it's, it's more common to have to go more often, all of those things. So, you know, these women should feel that it is, it is something that is quote unquote, normal postpartum. Again, if it persists for years, that's not normal. Mm -hmm. But if for the initial short while afterwards, especially when your uterus is still enlarged, pressing on the bladder, it is more common. Do you think that um, you should be, 
you should pop all your kids out before you start to strengthen them again or strengthening them in between like each kid is the way to go. So I love how you say pop all your kids out, you know, like, I I don't know, gumballs or something, but, um, you know, it, it totally depends. I really encourage women to get, uh, to recover fully in between children, um, you know, with healthy diet, exercise, strength, all of that, because the stronger you are during pregnancy, the stronger you're going to be during labor and postpartum. You know, you're not, you know, the postpartum, you have to understand, you know, and labor is a 10 month period. So if you're strong the whole time, if you're flexible, if you're doing all those things, you're going to come out way better at the end, you know, than someone who just stops exercising completely gains, you know, 60 to hundred pounds. It's, it's a lot, lot harder to lose that kind of weight. So let's say you have three kids and you're you do M sculpt or all of these exercises in between, it's going to be easier to get you back to like pre quote pre baby. Um, after all of them. Okay. So there's no, so I just like to kind of debunk that myth that pre baby, cause you'll never be back to pre baby because pre baby is like a mental, physical, spiritual, like conception. And it's like, you're never back to pre baby. You never go back and say, Oh my God, I'm single again. And I have no kids. And I don't (laughs) need to worry about, you know, whether it's like actually, you know, physically or emotionally. So, you know, I like to say, that's a really important distinction. I like that you made that. Yeah, it it, it is. Cause you know, you have to get back to your best self. So you're going to change so much when you become a mother, whether it's an adoptive mother, whether it's a biologic mother, you know, you, you physically change a ton. So you really have to just take that into consideration. Also, you know, you usually are spacing your babies out a little bit. So you have to also understand that you're going to age in between those things. So you also have to be a little bit, you know, you have to be a little forgiving on your body. I remember, so my first pregnancy was twins. And I remember, you know, I, they were basically 11 pounds of baby. And I remember a couple of days postpartum, Whoa. you know, Did when you say I, 11 pounds, 11 pounds baby? of baby, no, of of baby. baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, put them in I was like, so Oh my were, God, 20. <laughs> no, no. No, five three five thirteen, but total eleven pounds. I was about to and, Google your name and Good Morning no. America. No, no, no. So again, splitting them in half is a lot easier. But um, you know, it was still a lot of baby. My abdomen stretched a lot. You know, and I just remember looking down and being like, "Whose body is this?" Like, I don't remember my body being like this. And it was a hard concept to grasp, you know, at first when you are used to being, you know, you're so happy the babies are, or most people are so happy the babies are inside of you. You watch them grow. And then all of a sudden, then they're not there. And you look at your, you, you look at your body and it's always deflated. And it is not an instant comeback. It is not something that happens overnight. You know, I usually really kind of counsel them and say, it takes nine to 10 months to get your body back. You know, it took nine months to get your body there. It's going to take equally as yeah, long to get it yeah, back. Yeah. Right. So, you know, Ashley is super lucky. Um, she also eats really well and stays healthy and exercises and does all the right things. Um, you know, and it's it's amazing, but it's really a challenge for some women. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on like bounce back culture in general? Because I think it's just, it's horrible. Like, how when we see celebrities or public figures get pregnant and they're just like, like, you know what I mean? I feel like it almost sets that expectation for everyone else that they should look like that right away. When, like you said, it takes nine to 10 months. 
Well, again, though, you have to really look at what the reality of it is in celebrity culture. So you have to look at, number one, how much did they weigh to start with? How much weight did they gain? What did they look like immediately? Are their pictures edited? You know, how are they posing? All of this. Because, again, I've seen 18-year-old girls, you know, have babies and get back into size zero jeans the, yeah. the next day. I've seen, you know, 45-year-old women have babies and take two years to recover. So again, you know, I think that it's very, very dependent on your situation and what you do. I, I feel like it's unrealistic to expect to bounce back. You know, women are not elastic bands. They're, you know, they're fluid human beings. And I think, it takes a lot, especially with your first baby, to get used to the routine. Mm-hmm. And then once you have your second baby, you're taking care of your first baby and you're taking care of your second baby. So there's a lot more of that. So every time you bounce back, it's a bigger stretch. Yeah. So you have to you know, realize that. And so I think that you have to be realistic about these expectations. And I think creating that reality is better. You know, And that's why, you know, Ashley, I commend you that you talk about acne, you talk about sadness, you talk about your body, you talk about fluids, you know, you talk about more of the real stuff because that's really truly what it's like. And, you know, I think that making it real is a lot better. Well, thank you. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I do want to go back to pelvic floor and peeing just for one more second. Um, Kegels. Some doctors recommend doing them before birth and after, and some just after, because 
I guess there's some theory that like you shouldn't be too tight down there when you're ready to deliver. Oh, oh, interesting. So, um, <clears throat> as a gynecologist, that word kind of gives me like, like the you know heebie-jeebies because I don't love that. I think that the pelvic floor is a muscle group. I think that women who have learned to relax, you know, whether it's through epidural, through breathing, through different techniques can relax. Um, the body and the pelvis is amazing in women. If babies are meant to fit through and like anatomically, it's going to work. It's going to work because women have been doing this for like thousands and thousands of years, you know, without any help whatsoever. Um, so certainly tightening some muscle groups beforehand is not going to prevent a baby from coming out. You know, you really have to, you know, you have to think about that, you know, but there are women that are, you know, I've delivered thousands of babies and there are women that are exceptionally stressed and exceptionally tight. And that does make it difficult. And again, you know, I really believe that the, you know, the child, you know, internally feels that when you're so stressed. So a lot of times when women actually take a nap or have some pain relief, their body just relaxes and the baby actually does come down. So I truly think doing muscle exercises before pregnancy and after are super, super important um, because no matter what, you're still going to have to do them after, whether you do them before or not, you know, but the stronger the muscle is before, you know, the more basis you have to build it afterwards. Muscle memory, people. Yes, yes. Um, And so I have to note that um, Dawson is like one of my favorite he's my little boyfriend i try to take him with me every time she comes in he's a stunning i mean he's perfect it's (laughs) kind of wild i don't know i think he really only smiles at me i'm gonna (laughs) (laughs) he's been crying fussing this whole time we need to just pop him here and then he'd see your face smile baby (laughs) (laughs) all right and speaking of tightness (laughs) um People are thinking, okay, I can't afford M-Sculpt. Will something like a belly band work? Is there anything to like a corset-like device that is worthy of purchasing? So the reason why some people like the corset devices or, you know, elastic bands or something like that is because you actually feel a little more... um, you feel tighter in your abdomen. Again, really no evidence that shows that it helps you. Um, you know, people use it after liposuction. They use it after tummy tucks. They use it after procedures to decrease the fluid. So, you know, theoretically, the compression is always, it, it kind of it feels better sometimes, but not necessary at all. You know, really waiting until your doctor approves your exercise is going to be key. Not trying to rush it, not trying to go too fast, especially after surgery or any kind of repair. You know, just taking a little break. Like you don't have to bounce back in six weeks. Like that is kind of my biggest thing is you need to enjoy that postpartum period. And enjoy that time. Six weeks. Okay. So on that same Insta story that I previously mentioned, uh, I was getting a lot of questions about sex postpartum and I decided to actually reveal, um, they say sex is cool after six weeks. And I think that actually like puts pressure on women to be like, Oh my gosh, I'm like supposed to be like getting to bed now. Like I'm supposed to let something else in there now. Oh my God. Scary. We waited. I think it was between like eight and nine weeks use lots of lube. It's very what, good of you to even do eight to nine weeks. I thought I was, yeah. I thought I was like 
I, I was ahead of my own game at eight or nine weeks, right? <laughs> yeah. um, so what do you have to say about girls who are scared about jumping back in bed? Maybe not, to, I'm sure there's like some body image issues. There's the issue that like my husband saw a baby come out of there and then there, and like, you know, the last time he saw this area, there was a baby coming out yeah. of there. I was actually really concerned my husband was not going to be cool with that. I mean, of course he'd be cool with it, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, never see the same again. I I definitely want to hear, I'm so intrigued by this conversation because so many people I know are like, oh my God, he saw it. And as someone who's like not close to having kids anytime soon, I just, I don't know. I've always been so confused by that. I'm like, what? It's your, like, it's your fucking vagina. Like it's your husband. It's amazing. But I bet you when I'm in this situation, I'm going to feel the exact same way. But it's such a weird thing that I, I don't understand. And I want I want to hear way more about this. Like, what what are your thoughts? So I think number one is if that is your thought, the second your baby's head is coming out of your <laughs> vagina, your priorities are so far off. You should probably <laughs> just stop right there. Okay. <laughs> so that's number one. Number two, if you're able to think at that time, it's good for you. So, I mean, really, truly the whole thing about having a baby is that it is a very natural part of the process, you know, you know, you know, if you're mature enough to have sex and to understand that this is what you're creating is this beautiful life, you should be mature enough to see your partner's parts. Okay. In broad daylight with a bright light on them, you know, in under a curtain, whatever it happens to be. So I really, you know, in my years of experience, I've had very few people have issue with that, especially, you know, men, women, anyone seeing their partners deliver. Most of the time it's, they don't want to see their partners in pain. And so, you know, if they're in excruciating pain, a lot of people have what's called a vasovagal response and the men actually faint, you know, or the partners faint because they see their partners in pain. Not I must, I must interrupt. The only reason I was concerned about this is because Jared had two basal, wait, what are they called? Basal vagal. Basal vagal. Basal vagal. Delivery parts in like delivery scenes in movies, traumatic delivery scenes in movies. He fainted twice because of that. And that's why I was like, oh, he's going to pass out in the delivery room. Absolutely not. Got nowhere close to it. And yes, he was so fine sexually afterward. It was like, I was just something I was making up in my own head. But go and, ahead. and again, go ahead. I think that, you know, when we talk about sex, obviously we also talk about a lot of psychosomatic things. So people, you know, a lot of times, a lot of these images and imagery are in your head, what you think you're going to look like, what you think your partner's going to think, mm-hmm. where truly it doesn't, it, it's not much different, you know, and I encourage, you know, women postpartum to wait until they're ready, you know, to wait until they're emotionally ready, you know, until they have that time where they've slept, where they've recovered, where they, you know, really have, where they feel more more like themselves because when you're physically and emotionally drained, you don't feel like having sex and you Mm -hmm. certainly aren't doing it to get pregnant again, most of the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you really want to take that time to really, truly recover and feel your best lubrication. Oh, there's my boy. (laughs) Hi, Hi, buddy. Hi, Dawson. Uh, (laughs) Let's see how he is. He can't hear me. I was going to say, put his earbud in and he'll hear me. But no, um, I think that me really, really, truly taking that time to recover is key. Using lubrication the first time, taking it slow. If it's at all uncomfortable, stop. 
Mm-hmm. try again, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but you know, we, we talk about this a lot and six weeks is not the magic number. You yeah. know, there is no magic number. You have to make sure you're fully healed. You know, you feel comfortable. And the reason we wait before that is because the risk of infection goes up. You really want the uterus to heal um, and shrink down to its normal size prior to, you know, having intercourse. What if something that happens to women's bodies that isn't like so obvious as the stomach and pelvic floor and they come to you for like a procedure or some kind of spa treatment? So, I mean, you know, what ha- a lot of pigment changes happen in pregnancy. So, you know, the line on nipples the- are yes. dark. Yes. yes. So nipples, wait, the line on your wait, stomach. Wait. Pigment yep. changes, your nipples get darker? Is yes, saying? so the pigment changes. So the linea nigra, which is the line from your belly button all the way down, becomes like a brown stripe. Mm-hmm. Your pigment in your nipples get darker. You get melasma, which is almost like a mask of pregnancy that happens where pigment increases on the face, um, sometimes under the cheeks, sometimes on the forehead, usually on both sides at the same time. So a lot of melanin changes can happen during pregnancy. Um, So we deal with that. And it's hormonal changes most of the time. They do go away, but it takes time and you need to stay out of the sun for some of these things. Wow. That's wild. I didn't know until um, a friend of mine got pregnant that your insides can actually spill out of your vagina after pregnancy. Is that something women come to you for? And what is that called? They can, it's called prolapse. So anything that is in in a tube can come out. So the bladder can prolapse, the vagina can prolapse, the rectum can prolapse. So again, they don't come to the spa to see me necessarily. This was more in my hospital practice that they would see me. And a lot of times pelvic floor therapy, strengthening the pelvic floor, sometimes surgically, we can repair these things. But if anything is coming out that you're concerned about, you should definitely, you know, talk to your doctor about it. I follow this awesome doctor, Dr. Sterling on Instagram. I don't know if you know her yet, but I'll, uh, I'll send you her yes. profile. She talks a lot about like, she actually decided to leave like her regular practice because she felt like she wasn't getting enough one-on-one time to answer everybody's questions about pregnancy. So she kind of wanted to like become a pregnancy encyclopedia on Instagram and she's killing it. I love her for it. Um, she talks a lot about the fact that we see our gyno so often during pregnancy, especially that third trimester. See every week sometimes. And then all of a sudden you have the baby and you don't go back <laughs> for a checkup for six weeks. She yeah, thinks that is so messed up. Um, so how do you think about, what do you think about that? So we like to call it almost like the fourth trimester where it is so important during that first six weeks because it's almost, you do develop such a relationship and you're seeing these patients all the time and you you really become bonded with them. And then all of a sudden they go six weeks and you don't know, are they okay emotionally? You know, are they bleeding? So a lot of the time, the reason for that is number one, insurance-based. You know, they cover one visit postpartum. And I hate to talk about that, the bureaucracy of medicine, but a lot of times it's what your insurance dictates. Hmm. Post-surgically, we usually see the patients at two weeks to make sure their incision is okay and all of that. First but, sections. Correct. But we will still, with some women that we're concerned about, you know, that have a higher risk for depression, anxiety, you know, that we, that have had issues, you know, in the past, we do see them or we check up on them sooner than that. So I think 
I am an advocate for following women a little more closely postpartum because six weeks is a long time. You know, a lot changes in six weeks. So I do think that, you know, it is it, it is great if providers have time to see their patients in that interval time. Let's talk about how sore you are after. A, well, all I know personally is a vaginal birth, but of course it's a whole different kind of intense soreness with a C-section. But I think like everybody tells you, oh, you're going to be sore. But then like, holy moly, I was sore for three weeks. And then I hit a pretty significant turning point in that third week where I went from like, oh, I can't, I can't stand to like, okay, I can walk around a little bit. But yeah, like what, what's quote normal when it comes to the pain of healing down there? So I think you are, you know, depending on what kind of delivery you have will determine what kind of discomfort you have afterwards. Postpartum pain can vary depending on what kind of delivery you have. And you really have to be able to control your pain to function. So, you know, most people don't have the luxury to sit in bed for three weeks. Yeah, You know, it's, you have to be up, you have to be taking care of your child and or children, you know? And so a lot of the time women can do things to better control their pain, whether it's the sitz baths, we actually soak in water, you know, tux pads, which are witch hazel, um, ibuprofen, Tylenol, those things that are over the counter that can really kind of temporize the pain. Ice packs are best friends, Mm -hmm. you know, for a little while. And then post-surgically to really, we really are limiting the number of narcotics postpartum. So a lot of women are going home just with Tylenol and with Motrin and they're doing, they're doing great. It's just more of a lot of times it's okay. Listen, you need to get up and mobilize because it's important for your health. Um, and you need to have a supportive partner to help you. You need to have the proper help because you can't heavy lift. You can't be doing what you did again, pre-baby right away. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'd be, um, amiss to not talk about Botox. Sorry. Talk about (laughs) postpartum depression. (laughs) Wow. What a departure. (laughs) Now, Botox, in my opinion, now I sound like Samantha Jones. Now, Botox, <laughs> yes. that, that, that was very Samantha depression. voice. That was. That was. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, so postpartum depression. Can you distinguish the difference between when a woman experiences baby blues and just like that natural crying that comes a couple weeks after uh, delivery and the difference between that and actual postpartum depression? And like, what is the span in which you can, I don't, um, I can't, I don't want to say come down with, but I can't think of an expression, come down with postpartum depression. Like, can you get it six months later? Or is it more of like, and within two months then? So again, we're, we're calling postpartum depression based on that immediate postpartum, you know, six weeks to six months post baby. Okay. And six months is kind of pushing it. So you really, there's a lot of factors. So postpartum blues are basically for the first couple weeks right after the baby's born, where again, you have that really um, sharp decline in hormones. You're overwhelmed, you're exhausted. You know, there's a lot of variables that are really changing and adding to your mood. So you, you know, a lot of women come in and they're, you know, crying, 
eating and they can't, they can't breastfeed, they can't sleep, they can't do anything, they're doing nothing right. And, you know, then I really just have to say, listen, you need to just sleep for a day. You need to have some help. You need to just give yourself a little break. And then when they get back to a little bit of themselves, then they feel better and their mood picks up. Women that have an underlying history of anxiety and depression are more, more predisposed to having postpartum depression afterwards. When the postpartum blues begin to get more than that, whether it becomes, you know, people are having psychotic episodes, they are seeing things, they're hallucinating, they're having um, thoughts of hurting themselves, hurting others, you know, that is, that is when you immediately have to seek help. When it is prolonged, where you are having um, sadness and not getting out of bed and not taking care of yourself, not taking care of your baby, you know, that is getting past the point of just blues, Mm -hmm. you know? So you really, it's super important and mental health is important during pregnancy, after pregnancy, you know? And so if you, if you are having any of those things, you should talk to someone because it is a very realistic part. I don't want to say normal, but realistic part of the postpartum period. If you're someone who suffers from anxiety or depression and you know that and you are pregnant, are there any like premeditative measures you can do before postpartum or is it kind of just like strap in, put your seatbelt on, get ready for the ride potentially? No, that's a great it's it's not a it's not a roller coaster so you a lot of women can be treated very successfully during pregnancy there are medications that are safe during pregnancy so there are women with mental illness that continue medications throughout their pregnancies you need to speak with your doctor to make sure that you're on the correct medication also a lot of the times immediately postpartum we pre-treat with a medication if we know that you're predisposed to having depression or we know that this happened with your last pregnancy and it was a disaster. You know, a lot of times we just kind of just prophylactically started medication at a lower dose. There are medications that are safe for breastfeeding. There are medications that are safe for, you know, pregnancy. So again, talk with your doctor, figure out which those medications are. And if you're someone that needs to be on them, but also seeking counseling so you can talk about the things that you're scared about that you are, you know, that you're afraid are going to happen. So we, you can, you know, help solve them before they actually do kick in. Why? I don't, I don't know if you have the answer to this, but why biologically does that happen? Is it just a drop in hormone? And do you have the reason why, like, why cave woman <laughs> needed yeah. this, yeah. needed this set. Do you know, do you know what I'm trying to ask? <laughs> I, I do. And so there are, there are biologic reasons why depression happens. So there are significant drops in hormone, the same reason why um, PMS happens in women and the same reason why, um, you know, certain times in life, like during your teenage years, during menopause, people do have different changes in their psychiatric history because the changes in hormone are real. And they are, the fluctuation is a lot of times what is triggering these things. And then once you trigger stress, fatigue, you know, and every, all of the combination, it just exacerbates. It makes it 10 times worse. So, you know, I encourage women to get outside, get the sunlight, increase your serotonin levels normally, um, you know, to the best that you can make sure your vitamin D is, you know, 
on point before you deliver. Make sure that you are doing self-care, you know, by going and getting a massage, getting a facial, doing things that you can absolutely safely do during pregnancy to take care of yourself. So you do feel like, you know, oh my gosh, I am going to open a post-birth fucking retreat center. <laughs> That's not a bad come, idea. Where Just you, like a whole like pregnancy you, and postpartum retreat You center. come and stay, you and your husband and your baby or whatever, you and your partner and your child, and there's fucking massages. There's yes. like there's like certified top of the top of the line nurses and caretakers. There's like organic, amazing food. There's like horses outside. That's I mean, it's not fuck, a bad this, idea. It's this shit very sounds LA, wild. I'm like, very yeah. LA. I was so gonna say you have you'll have a total of four people in LA coming to that. So enjoy because realistically after you give birth, that is like you're dreaming. You know, you don't have the time, the money, the energy, any of that. And everybody wants to come visit you. It's just a, it's like a very, very overwhelming period. I remember I delivered on May 5th and mother's day was like May 7th. And so I brought the babies home on May 7th. Okay. So newborn twins, new to me, first pregnancy. And my whole family was there. And I remember being like, I can't even fit into a dress. I have Mm -hmm. to now entertain my whole family. And I have these two new babies. So like an hour into it, I was like hiding in my room, just nursing. Cause I was like, just get me away from. I I don't want to see anyone. I don't know how people do that. Like I, I'm going to have distance from my own parents, I think. Yeah. Unless, but unless you, you need, need their them. help. Yeah. You need their help. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I was going to talk about nursing now that oh, she brought it up. I just have one question. Lauren's like, I want to talk about Botox. No, 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 no. I was just no, going no, no. to have a quick question. Okay. My friend who, uh, what's up, listens to this podcast and she is pregnant and she just told me that she just completely stopped her anti-anxiety medication because she just thought she went cold turkey went absolutely cold turkey and i told her i was like you can't do that she was like i just don't want that i was like i think you may go crazy what do you have to say about that so i i would say to people that really truly talk to your doctor or your care provider about weaning you know down you know and again a lot of people once they get pregnant they freak out and they stop everything you know, and you she, have she like basically lived off like McDonald's and anti-anxiety meds. And now she's purely living off of like fruits and no anti-anxiety meds. So it's a, again, it's a big change and she, oh no, my boy's upset. Um, you know, you have to do what's right for you. You have to understand that you are the incubator for this baby. And so if all of a sudden you go from McDonald's to kale and your body freaks out, that's not maybe the best environment for the baby. So maybe McDonald's was the best for me and Dawson. (laughs) It got us through. (laughs) It is, you know, I would say make slow, gradual changes you know, if you find out you're pregnant again, I will bring up the B word. You cannot do your Botox during pregnancy. And when you're nursing, just because the studies haven't been shown, um, and are not, they're not studied during these times. And so it's not going to be like the willing people to do that, you know, in that part of that study. Like, yeah. Okay. Botox. Wait, so damn, so I'm going to have to get Botox right while you're trying. Yeah, while you're right. trying, but then you're it will have only to be last. Honest. 
three to four months. And so then you're still out of luck because pregnancy is still nine to 10 months. (laughs) But again, other things. I got wrinkly. You can do other things. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. You can do other things like love yourself, Naz. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, here is the ultimate tie-in. I have had multiple comments on my Instagram being like, come clean. The reason that you didn't breastfeed is because you just wanted to get Botox. And I'm like, no, guys. Was it awesome that my decision allowed me to get Botox? And yeah. Um, But that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk about the stigma of formula feeding versus breastfeeding and the stresses that some women go through to continue breastfeeding when it's not working for them. So I think you said it very well when you talked about, you know, women who want to breastfeed versus women who have a very difficult time and still want to breastfeed versus women who just don't want to breastfeed. It is a choice. And uh, we have gone ebbs and flows with pushing breastfeeding, with supporting breastfeeding. And I am, I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding only because I feel like it's a tremendous way for me. It was to personally bond with my children. I was working so much, you know, as a resident and I really wanted that bonding time. I, you know, it was super stressful. It wasn't comfortable all the time. You know, there was a lot of ups and then a lot of downs with it, but that was my personal choices. I wanted to do that, but I have had women that have come to me sobbing because they just can't do it or it's too stressful or they don't produce enough. And I support that. I said, listen, you know, the reason why we're in a first world country is you have options. You have options to formula feed. You have options to Unless do these maybe things. The past spring when the options were well, <laughs> right, right. And again, you have to also understand that a lot of women have difficulty affording formula. And that's why these programs like WIC and things are in, it's very expensive. And the more, you know, the more, um, specialize the formula gets, the more expensive it is. So, you know, I encourage women to try what they would like and then see. It's not something that you can try formula and then go two weeks later and breastfeed. That's not the option. But if you want to breastfeed and then transition to formula, that is an option. But don't put so much pressure on yourself to do what you think you should do. You have to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Naz, you have anything before we wrap? No, I, I very much enjoyed this conversation. And Can I come I, to your retreat, not pregnant? Not <laughs> yes, Mary, I'm going to, well, it's funny you say that, Mary, because this is totally off topic, but I run a support group for people that are heartbroken called Heartbroken Anonymous. And it's kind of like AA, but it's for all types of heartbreak and overwhelming distress. It's not a 12-step program, but it sparked from this idea I had when I was going through a breakup where I thought it was so crazy how we just have to resume life again when we're going through a divorce or when we're going through anything, a miscarriage or whatever. So my idea was to open this heartbreak hotel where you would check in and you didn't have to go into work and there would be like puppies in one room and Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore (laughs) movies in another room and ice cream in another room. And you just stayed there until you started feeling better because we don't take mental health as serious as we do physical health, especially not in this country. So when you started talking about that and and just, I don't know, I mean, I think anyone listening to this podcast would agree that it's very challenging to give birth and bring a life into the world. And it's also amazing, 
but I'm like, fuck, there's gotta be a, like, if there was a place I could go <laughs> and check out and get massages and there were people that were, you know, and like, and that is very at- holistic and I'm very medical. <laughs> yes. I want to like be out in the forest or like on a ranch giving birth and like just looking at bison. Well, I think Naz, when you're in that scenario, call me and we'll talk in that moment. We'll see if you still have the same feelings. Yes. Well, Mary, you're going to be running the place for me. Okay, perfect. perfect. Yeah, you do need a doctor on staff. All right. Right. Well, Dr. Simpson, thank you so much for being here. To our audience, I just want you to know that she is the real life um, Addison Montgomery. I told you this the first day I met her. If you were Grace Anatomy fan, does she like that comparison? I do. I thought Addison was fabulous. Totally. Yeah, she is. And she's back. And the only reason that I would ever tune in anymore. But yeah, she was pregnant while a resident and walked around in heels. That's fabulous. Fabulous. Same. That's what I'm going to be. I'm going to have a Rihanna pregnancy (laughs) with your bison. My belly's gonna be out. No, this is a pregnancy. The bison's oh, gonna oh. be when the, when the, 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 when the oh. child is here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Well, you guys can follow um, all the nice cosmetic, wonderful things to look at. Um, is it at Seamus underscore? It's at Seamus Med Spa underscore S E A M I S T M E D S P A underscore. Got Seamus. Awesome. Okay. Well, anybody in Rhode Island, New England area who asks me, is there a place that you trust for cosmetics? It is that place. So check it out. And uh, thanks, Ashley. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on for your time, especially on a Friday evening as a mom of four and a teenager. Thank you. So lovely meeting you. Thank you. Someday. We'll we'll talk soon. (laughs) Bye. Bye. I don't get it. Podcast.